Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your man, Cat. What's up, what's up? This is Quessy, and this is the Cat and Quessy podcast series. We offer self-care, fitness, and finance advice, especially for men of color. And this is brought to you by Heal the Hood, where we're going back into our inner city communities to educate, motivate, and inspire those on their health journey, y'all. And today's topic is, drum roll, please. Uh Oh. Ah! Being a black man in America. Ooh, wow. Are we going to go there already? Are we going to oh, talk yeah. about that already? Yeah, we got to. You, you think the viewers are ready for that that conversation? Oh, if they stay ready, they don't got to get ready. Come on. Man, today, I mean, we're going to talk about our experience as black men in America, especially with all the things that are going on in this present moment right now, all the things that we've been seeing um, in in the news, in the national news, and, uh, you know, just talk about our experience and how it's, how it's geared us towards our financial health, towards our mind, body, and spirit health, and moving forward, things that we want to see change, not only in our community, but across the nation. You know, I think these are big things and big topics that we need to start talking about because, you know, your health, your mental health with seeing everything that's going on does play a role, whether whether you realize it or not. You know, and uh, with our platform, we want the conversation to get out there. So as we're talking, y'all feel free to chime in. We want to get your feedback on the topic today. Um, What what do you think is going on and how it's affected you? And uh we're just gonna we're gonna take it there today, okay? Yeah, yeah we are. We are. We're gonna keep it absolutely a hundred percent authentic and real and true and honest and even a little vulnerable because yeah. that's what we do best as individuals, and that's part of the reason that we came together as a unit, as a collaboration, in order to bring this to you live. Because we know for a fact there are a lot of people out there, especially men of color, that need to hear some of the conversations Brother Cat and I have been having. So. You ready to hop into it, brother? I'm definitely ready to hop into it today. So I know we've been seeing a lot of things on um, social media, on Mm. news, Mm. how uh, people people went into um, a nationally guarded building. (laughs) What What guards? (laughs) I don't know. They were supposed to be there. Black Lives Matter, you know, they were they were standing tough. They were, you know, protecting, guarding the forefront. But uh, as people were scaling the walls and going inside the building, um, (laughs) freedom to do whatever they chose to. And it was quite interesting, you know, because, um, you know, being a black man in America, you would be like, (laughs) if any of us thought about doing something like that, we'd be shot on sight. Yeah, I mean, if that. A thousand black people come together and rush a building like that, that's supposed to be protected, and it's open season, right? And I think that that gives us, how can I put it? That, That allows us to know the real difference. Like we've been talking about this for a while now, you know, and people 
you know, act like there's not a difference in America. They're like, you know, oh, no, it's all equal now. You know, slavery and equal rights and all that kind of stuff. You guys are living in the past. No, we're we're living in reality and we see it for what it is. (laughs) And it's been proven time over time. And this week's display or this last week's display of how blatant it is, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that would not fly. Like when you saw it, I know a lot of people were tuned in and locked in. I saw it. My first views of it was off of social media and I thought it was something off a movie, right? Mm-hmm. That it was like, <laughs> it was so jaw dropping, like looking at that. I was like, is this really happening? Mm-hmm. Did they really rush the building yeah. and nothing happening? I mean, a little bit of tear gas, but that's it. Hmm. What, yeah, what, party what were your like when you saw it? Did you have that surreal moment as well, Quizzy? Or <laughs> like, what? Oh, <laughs> for me, I would have been a lot more surprised if they had opened fire. I would have been a lot more surprised if they gave them a difficult time getting into the Capitol building. And the reason I say that is because I'm a student of history. I mean, not only am I 29 years old, I've been on this planet we call Earth for almost three decades now. And I've seen my fair share of what we like to call misery or the human experience as a so-called black person in America. So I'm not new to this, I'm true to this, right? And I know more than ever, right? Now is the time to have our head on the swivel and to be prepared, right? And I don't mean prepared to be scared, right? I feel like that's the state of mind that's been drilled into us for a long, long time but prepare to take action, right? And that doesn't always have to look like violence, but I do think, like Malcolm X said, be kind, be respectful, but if anybody puts his hands on you, put them in the dirt, right? And that's a very like, that's a very human understanding. That's a very human interaction, right? And I, I truly believe that it's good for us to see things like that, like honestly, it's good because it's happening regardless. Right. Even if we don't see it on national TV, that doesn't take away from the fact that a cop is probably harassing a black man right now somewhere in America. Right. Many, many places in America, because I for some reason we still haven't cut even after seeing what happened to Obama for eight years in office. Right. Went in there, a head full of black hair, came out a head full of white hair. (laughs) In case we already forgot what happened to Trayvon and Michael Brown and. Renisha McBride and Sandra Bland and Freddie Gray and, 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 right? And it's like, how many times do we have to see this before we're not surprised anymore? I'm not saying don't be hurt by it, but if we're only hurt for a moment and then we go out and we march and we break shit and we burn it down, like I'm all for the people expressing themselves, but I'm also for having a game plan and a vision and taking collective action towards a goal that's going to aid our collective wants, needs, and desires. But it, I, I'm sorry, I, I already answered your question, so I'm gonna just backtrack. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back into that. <laughs> hey, I was I, I was rolling with it. I'm listening. I'm yeah. like, come on, preach, brother. Come on, yeah. let us know how how you really feel today. Yeah, you and know? I don't know if people want to hear that, but. Whether they do, whether they want to hear it or not, if they tuned in, they they got to hear it. You know, those are people that that need to listen. Okay. Um, but 
it just it, it's a reminder because I want you to pull up some of those clips that you you found and we found and you know that yeah, has man. been all over social media that that's yeah, quite man. interesting, right? And just just little tidbits, um, yeah. of just the, the energy that was out there that day. Oh, you know, man. this is this is so good. This is so good. So I'm gonna share this first one, and this is actually well, Baller Alert on Instagram reposted that. They're not giving me no credits for shouting them out, but I do. I, I give credit where it's due. So this is the first one I'm going to share. And this is a short little clip. We won't play the whole thing. But I just I, I want you all to hear some of the things that are being said and shown in this video. This is really, really good. Can you, can you see this right here, Kat? Yep. How did a disorganized mob break into what's supposed to be one of the most secure buildings in the world? What? Look at me, just standing, standing there, looking like, "Hey, welcome. We were expecting you guys." You know, <laughs> chaperones. Like there are, you know what it really looks like? It looks like there. You know how when you're a kid and you go on a field trip, <laughs> and, and you walk into a building, it looks like everybody's on a field trip, and they just got some yeah. full access. We're jumping all over the shit. Nobody's telling them to get down or anything. Yeah. It all started as a peaceful rally around 10 a.m. I love President Trump. He asked us to come out and support him, and I was glad to do that. We will never give up. We will never concede. And we're going to the Capitol. And the crowd responded to his request. Hey, I'll fight with you. I'll fight next to you. I'll keep going. I love you all for it's being time. just having the balls to come here. It's I'll fight time. with you. And so they marched. What's the north down? So I would like to, uh, <laughs> that, that's about Man. two minutes of video. We could come back to it, but I, I just like to start by breaking down those first two minutes because there's about 400 years of history <laughs> in those yeah. first two minutes. And I don't know if people caught it, but tell me, Brother Cat, what are some things that stood out to you? Man, just like I said, when we started off the show, man, it, it, it's one of those things, even when we come together, you know, in a peaceful rally or whatever the case may be, like, everybody's guard is up you know what i'm saying like everybody's ready to go to war when mm -hmm. we have a peaceful rally right they're they're ready for anything and everything and seeing them walk into the building like they did and everybody's just standing there <laughs> at salute like there it's a field trip yeah. to the capitol building like these people just didn't just break in yeah. and climb all over the shit and just disrespect the building yeah. it's amazing that like they're like hmm, okay whatever you know they'll, they'll leave sooner or later yeah but we're not going to enforce any kind of um any kind of law right here like they're not breaking the law <laughs> by what they just did right you know 
And I don't, man, go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna feed off your energy today. Yeah, it's what, what I noticed is a lot of anger, right? A lot of anger. And it's not fair to say that that anger was rightfully guided, but I also won't say that it's invalid, right? Like in this country, for many reasons, a lot of people are angry, whether that be black, white, male, female, able, disabled, heterosexual, homosexual, immigrant, native, it doesn't matter. Everybody is angry for one reason or another, and I'm not gonna invalidate their anger. And speaking as a human being, right? I know that anger is rooted in fear, mm. right? And something that I learned from Kanye West, right? Which he probably learned from somebody else because there's nothing new under the sun, but Kanye was the first person I heard it from. And mm. he was doing an interview and he said that in life, there are only two buttons that we can press, okay? Because we know like life, for lack of a better word, it's a game. Not to say that it's not to be taken seriously, right? Because yeah. you don't take Monopoly seriously, you're gonna get your ass kicked, <laughs> right? But, or spades. <laughs> but life is a game and there are two buttons that you can press, okay? There's the love button and there's the fear button. Mm. And everything that we do as human beings are rooted in those two, what we consider basic emotions but they're extremely, extremely powerful. And what I saw in display in just those first two minutes was a lot of fear. And I'm not exactly sure. Oh, come on, talk to me. I was gonna say, doesn't that seem like the agenda right now though? You know what I'm saying? Like get everybody in the most fearful state that they can be. Because I mean, when you're in a fearful state, you don't think logically. Mm. That, that, that's my opinion. Like when you're in a fearful state, like when something's going on and you're in fear, like I've seen people break down and not think of the most logical, critical things to do in that. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. think about people that see somebody get hurt. Right. And they go into that state of fear, seeing that mm -hmm. person fall, get hurt. And instead of like sometimes just doing the simplest thing, like calling 911 to get this person medical attention. They start screaming and yelling and ranting and running around. And I was like, well, that's not doing absolutely nothing for the person that's injured right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And right now it seems like it's just layers and layers of layers of fear, fear. that they're pushing out to the masses right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm, a, I'm always curious about that. Like, you know, because essentially to control the masses, to control, you know, the masses like that, you you have to keep them in some kind of state of fear, right? Mm -hmm. Because within that state of fear, um, you can guide them, yeah, as as needed. Yeah. And it's just like, what what is that agenda? You know, I don't. I'm not saying like I know. I know there's a lot of different theories, especially out there with social media and conspiracy yeah. theories and all that. You can go, you know for days, <laughs> that's a that's a never ending rabbit hole of what, what's really going on behind the scenes. And you can do your own research at the end of the day, but what do you think, what are you feeling with all the, the fear instead of, because a lot of it, like you said, yeah. it, it's two, it's, it's the yin and the yang, it's the love or the fear, right? So what do you feel with all this, this fearful energy that they're putting out there? <laughs> That's a great question. That's a great question as I sip my tea. Um, and how, how are you experiencing it as a black man, right? Seeing oh, all yeah. this, this beautiful oh, yeah. energy. And we, we're going to bring it home, I promise. I promise by the end of 
This hour and Barry, and we got Barry out there says Quezzy loves. Let's give a shout <laughs> out to my man. Barry out there. Uh, yes, Quest Love, Barry Randall, Mr. Yeah. B. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for tuning in. Um, that's actually a gentleman who's uh, on my team, and uh, our main mission is to spread love. So I'm very grateful that he tuned in today. But one thing that I'll say is agenda isn't necessarily a bad word the way that it's been expressed to us, right? Like everybody has an agenda at the end of the day. And well, I take that back. Not everybody has an agenda. And the people who do have an agenda are looking to lead, right? Looking to inspire, looking to motivate because those in essence are very neutral words, right? Lead, inspire, and motivate. But what are you leading people to? Mm. What are you inspiring them to do? How are you motivating them? Because you can be motivated by fear. As a matter yeah. of fact, in the court of law, the human court of law, right, we have this term called a crime of passion. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody stabs their wife 30 times in the chest because they got caught cheating. We call it a crime of passion, right? Yeah, you get, you get a free pass on that one. Absolutely. Rooted in fear, rooted in lack, rooted in uh, an idea of scarcity or extreme hurt or an ego shattering, right? So to answer that question, I believe in essence, it's about energy because that, and I, I, I don't know who all is listening to this right now. Right. So I, I want to be as, how do I say, I want to be as open. Right. And I want to be as, I want to use the word alert, relatable. Right. I don't want to start talking over people's heads because then they start tuning out. But I do want the people who are listening to actually like, listen, like just just be present. That's all I'm asking. If you're under the sound of me and Kat's voice right now, just choose to be present in this moment because there's something that's gonna be said tonight, whether it's right now or a few minutes from now, there's something that's gonna be said that could possibly change your life. Hmm. Can, you can see the comments on your side, right, Quasi? I cannot. I cannot see that. Or actually, before yeah, I say I can't, scary. that's a curse word. Oh, yes. yes oh, yeah. wow. Yes. and. I don't want to get the name wrong, but I believe it's Sue Sukena. Yeah. Sukena Adele Sec. That is a hell of a name. Yeah. That was a hell of a name. I love that. Um, so Sukena asked, hello, since you are going to be diving into the situation, what course of action should have been taken? Ooh, I personally believe that if they shot the protesters, it would have caused a bigger panic. That's so interesting because. I wonder if people say the same thing when they shoot but, black protesters. <laughs> yeah. And people died that day. You know, I, really? I, at the later, huh? Yeah. At the Capitol? Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. People died, it, I think it was three or four people that got killed that day. Oh, um, and shots I, were fired. Somebody did shoot. By the police? Now, who shot? <laughs> and mm -hmm. people that got injured, I didn't get enough of that information. Wow. Um, but I definitely heard that on the news. And I was like, I was like, wow, they definitely yeah. didn't dive deep into that one. <laughs> yeah. you know? this is, I, I really want to answer Sukane's question, because at the end of the day, we're just people. Right. We don't have all the answers. As a matter of fact, one of my uh, some on my agenda today is to share a quote by Tupac that really resonated with me. Right. And I feel like now is a good time. Would you mind if I read this quote? Is that OK? Oh OK, so Sukane, I promise we're going to answer your question. Thank you for tuning in. And this quote by Tupac, in case you don't know who he is, revolutionary, poet, badass, gangster, 
lover, so ahead of his <laughs> black time. man, human you being. You got to remember, how old was Pac when he died? I believe it was 25. Only in his mid-20s. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And his yeah. voice really got loud from like 20 to 25. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That period, like, he, yeah. you would think Pop was like in his 30s, 40s, the way he was oh, talking, the energy he was putting out into the world at that time. Yeah. But go ahead. Go ahead and give yeah. us that quote. And some people are put here just to be here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> but I'm grateful that we're still telling his story. So this quote by Tupac is I don't see myself being some being special. Mm. I see myself having more responsibilities than the next man. People look to me to do things for them to have answers. Mm. Okay. So I want us to reflect on that quote as we touch on Sukana's question, because this is really, really, really important, right? If not that, then what? And in all honesty, this is not an individual problem that we're having, what we call racism, what we call prejudice, what we call classism, however you want to define it, right? This is not something that affects the individual. It's something that affects the collective. And when I say the collective, I don't just mean the poor people. I don't just mean the blacks. I don't just mean the women. I don't just mean the homosexuals. This is something that affects us as human beings. Because even if you are the master, are you really in that much better of a position than the slave? Mm. Honestly, yeah. you are a master and a slave to your own condition. Because mm. what happens if you decide to stop being the master? Come on, you fall right into it. <laughs> you create, you created the beast, right? The beast you got to live with. And this, like, cat, I really, Sukan, I promise, we're going to ask you a question. We're answering your question as we speak. I promise you, but. What we're seeing is, in the words of Malcolm X, the chickens coming home to roost. Yeah. People exactly. expect what happened at the Capitol. They expect black and brown people to do that because mm -hmm. we're painted with this brush of gangster, this brush of thug, this brush of unruly, this brush of nigger. We're expected to do that. So what happens when master starts acting like the slave? Mm. Come on. People they don't know what up. to do. <laughs> that's, why, that's why they let, they didn't know what to do. <laughs> I was trying to kill black people. I wasn't trained for this. <laughs> and, and the whole thing is, when you see it from that perspective, then you see you really think about who's the real thug, who's the real person that we have to keep our eye on. You know what I'm saying? It's like at the end of the day. We see, like you said, so many different cases. Like how many times have we seen the white guy beat up the police officer and the officer doesn't <laughs> naked. He'll be naked running around. Get beat up. Like, get roundhouses in on the officer. Takes the police car, does all these things, right? And then drives <laughs> off and nothing happens. You know, nothing. they might catch him and he gets whatever kind of jail sentence. Maybe. But no actions from from somebody that has their hands up and is yeah. seven, you know seven warning shots in the chest. And it, it's not funny. Like, I don't mean to laugh in an insensitive manner, but it's, it's freaking, we got to admit it's freaking ironic. Like we got to admit at the very least that what's happening and thank you for everybody that's commenting, by the way, this is beautiful, but at the very least, right. What's happening is extremely ironic, almost to the point, if you are a believer in a higher power, 
in something divine, which whether or not you believe in it, it believes in you, right? By nature of you existing, it believes in you. But that being said, everything that's happening right now is in alignment. What's up, Kat? No, exactly. Because every every experience like this allows us to learn more about what needs to change. Seriously, like that really, you have so many more people coming to the table and having these conversations in whatever amounts of people that are coming together talking about this, especially in our community, right? You know, I, I hear from the elders to mm-hmm. our peers and, and younger talking about it like really like, wow, this change needs to happen, right? Now, what that change looks like, how long it's going to take, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to, like, like Quezzy said, we're not here to say that we have all the answers, but we want to create a space where we can have these conversations within our community because these issues are rising, right? Mm-hmm. And what kind of ideas that we can bring to the table as a collective and see what kind of change we can make amongst each other to yeah. uplift each other. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We've done, we, we well, I'm not going to say that we bring each other down, but they, mm-hmm. they put us in the light that we're always constantly crabs in the bucket, right? We're always pulling each other down. And I don't feel mm-hmm. like that. You know what I'm saying? I feel like there's people that want change, right? And then there's people that that's satisfied. They're just, they're kind of like just going with the flow of whatever. Yeah. And those that want the change obviously flock together because that's where the energy is and coming up with ideas and different things that they can immediately implement within their own communities. Because I feel that like that's the first step mm-hmm. of anything is making change within your own community, your own mm-hmm. city. And then as these things grow collectively throughout the country, you'll see more leaders within those communities come together and have these conversations and see what we can, how we can make a change for the greater, for the masses within our communities and our inner cities. Ultimately. I mean, if that's, if that's what we want, I, I talk to my team about this all the time. It's about desire, right? I truly believe in, I, I hope we answer Sukana's question, right? I, I don't want to just brush past that, but at the end of the day, I don't have all the answers. Like if you ask me, we should never be in a position as a country where we have to even discuss this nonsense. Cause I saw pictures of people going into the Capitol building with like zip ties, like they were mm. about to take hostages. Yeah, man, it's like, what if somebody had a bomb? Right. What if somebody walked in with a bomb strapped to their chest and they were just being chaperoned in? Right. And it's almost like somebody called the officers and said, stand down. And it's like, what what is this? Like, why are we expected to have the answers for this nonsense? This doesn't make any freaking sense to me. Right. Like, how do I wrap my mind around a problem that my mind can't even compute? Right. Like, this is so beyond illogical. It's almost non-existent, but it's real. And that's like the paradox of life. Right, the paradox of being a black man in America, that we're experiencing the issue that we didn't create and expected to have the answers. And that's how I know this is all God's plan. That's how I know because only God could create something like a Rubik's Cube that <laughs> we call America. Black man, figure it out. Yeah. All right, whatever. It's on you. You yeah. did this. You're going to figure it out. Right. Yeah. But, you know, 
what what things would you like to see change within your own community? Because you know we're both based out of out of the Bay Area, right? Yeah. And uh, some of the things you know with projects like Heal the Hood and different things like that, where we come together as a community and uplift each other and educate each other. What are some things that you see that you can directly make a change for the better within our community? Oh man, self-determination. First and mm. foremost, self-determination. And what I mean by that, that was actually part of the Black Panthers 10 point program, right? Like giving black people, and I'm, I'm a black man in America. I speak from my experiences, right? And that's why in the future, right? In the very near future, we're gonna have guests from the Polynesian mm. culture, from the Latin culture, right? Even from the diaspora, like Barry Randall, for example, his family's from South America, right? You wouldn't know that looking at him, but he's a black man who speaks Spanish like fluently, right? And so we need to have all those different cultures represented so it's not just us. Because if we say we want to help heal all men of color, right? And ultimately all human beings, we got to have experiences of representation that's not just two black men in the Bay Area, California. So we're going to get to that. But ultimately self-determination, right? I don't as much as I don't like to see videos of black men being killed by white or other officers, I also don't like to see videos of black men humiliating women, right? Or beating on women or putting women in a position where they feel subservient, right? Like that's equally not okay. And I, I love um, this. I'm not going to say it was a Bible verse because <laughs> I haven't read the Bible verse, but I believe I was watching a sermon and it was probably Pastor Michael Todd for a Transformation Church. And basically he was saying that no sin is greater than the other. Cause you know, in the chat, do, do you go to church, Kat? Are you, did you grow up in a church family, anything like that? In and out of the church. I wouldn't in say that. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, <laughs> we, we on the same way, right? But I, I caught enough of it to know that the church don't really like homosexuals, right? Like that, and I don't speak for all churches, right? But the churches I've been to, I see, a lot of not so discreet gay bashing. <laughs> and it's almost like I can cheat on my wife, <laughs> right, as the pastor, but mm -hmm. you can't be gay, right? And we have like this, this hierarchy of sins as human beings, especially as church folks. And I love what Pastor Todd was saying that one sin is the same as the other in the eyes of God, because mm -hmm. a sin is just missing your mark. It's falling short of the grace that he has put upon us, right? It's falling short of our calling to sin, right? So it's so important for us to realize all sins are the same, yeah. right? So as humans, as people in America, how are we taking the responsibility to be our best selves? Yeah. It's, anyway. You know what I got from that? As soon as you said that, what really just spoke to me, um, because like you said, all sins are exactly the same. We get we get all riled up and everything when we see a white cop or somebody shoot a black man, right? But do we have that same energy when a black man kills another black man in the community? Oh, oh that's right? touchy. That's touchy. Because <laughs> you gonna piss some people off today? Hey, we, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a conversation, and that's yeah. what it's all about. I want people yeah. to chime in because when another black man kills another black man within our community, our inner city communities or wherever the case may be, are we just as upset or even more 
right? Mm -hmm. Where we should be because that person looks like me. That person came from where I come from, right? Yeah. Why Why am I your enemy at the yeah. end of the day? Why, am, why are you targeting me, right? Of all people, yeah. like we have all these things going on in America as black men and you can look at me as your biggest enemy right now, the, yeah. your biggest threat, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I say, and that's where it should start, right? Within our own communities, showing, like you said, the love and the fear. Because if I could love my brother, if I can love the individual right across from me and want to see you win as bad as I want to win, what does that community look like as we come together? Wakanda. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Why, like, why can't they, we hold each other accountable? And the thing is, like, man, I'm a student of history, like literally. I have my degree in Black Studies from the University of California at Santa Barbara, right? And some of the best years of my life, my academic life, were spent on that campus in one of the best Black Studies departments in the entire nation, if not the world, in Lolo, Santa Barbara, <laughs> California, <laughs> where it might be like two Black people in the whole city outside the campus, right? But I'm a student of history. Right. I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. And one thing that I found is history is not a liar. Humans lie. History does not lie. And historically, what happened at the Capitol, that was pretty lukewarm. That was pretty lukewarm. When you reflect back on other times that white men in America have gotten really, really pissed off. People are dying. Stuff is getting burnt down bombs are being dropped even if it's halfway across the world in a country we've never heard of <laughs> bombs they, are being dropped hey, they our own right here in, in oklahoma yeah you know yeah, and it's like that was this, this is not new i don't like that i i am grateful to say that despite all the bloodshed and despite all the murder and despite all the misery and despite the 600 stimulus checks <laughs> at least People are becoming aware. And when I say people, Black people have always known that the cops are going to pull us over and beat our ass and pretend like it never happened. Like we. That's nothing new. That, that, that's, not, that's not a surprise to anybody yeah. unless you're not Black. Right. So I'm, I'm grateful that this message is being more widespread now because as human beings, as Americans, now we can make a truly informed decision. Mm. How are we going to move forward now that we have this information? Mm. So exactly. I would love to hear from some of the people who are watching this, by the way. If, if there's a question y'all would like to ask, if there's a direction yeah. I want the conversation to go in. This is a conversation for people to chime in, y'all. We want, we want to get your point of view and be able to uh, have a, a deep conversation with each other, right? This is what this platform is all about. Um, Obviously, it's still, you know, a podcast, but we, we want to get your feedback. And that's why we're going live and making sure that, you know, it's just not Cat and Quezzy's conversation. This is the mm -hmm. community's conversation coming together and seeing what ideas and things that we can bounce off of each other. Because, you know, at the end of the day, once we start getting these ideas and things out there, who knows what we can start implementing, Right. Exactly. The resources that we have as we come together and have these conversations. And, Absolutely. you know, 
what it's so many different programs out there that I'm not even knowledgeable about for black men and um, educating each other and uplifting each other and different things of that nature, you know, and for us to just continue to want to grow as a community says a lot, you know, yeah. it's, it, yeah. just like anything I did. Just like when I talk to my clients about weight loss or just overall health, it's a process, y'all. It doesn't happen overnight, mm -hmm. right? All these issues didn't develop overnight and they're not gonna end overnight, regardless of what we think and what we implement. If it takes, think about it like this, whatever we implement now today, whatever it takes two or three generations for us to see the repercussions of those things, but it has to start now. It has mm -hmm. to has to start with somebody, right? All the things. Oh, we got somebody chime in. Let's see what we got. We uh, okay. Heidi. Hey, what's going on, Heidi? Yes, yes. Heidi, Heidi, part of the team too. Thank you for tuning in. It's Heidi. Shout out. Okay, it's been sharing this issue. equals step one. Can't heal. Oh, damn, that's good. So for those, you want to read it, Kat? You want, I don't know if everybody can see this, but Heidi said, America been this way. Light just being shed on the issue. Acknowledgement equals step one. Can't heal what we never reveal. Damn. That's mm -hmm. the, we, we need a flex bomb on that one. Boom. <laughs> we need to drop a flex bomb. Not, yeah. And that that's so real. Now, you want to touch on that, brother? Yeah. Just a, so I feel like when we talk about like social media and all these other platforms, right? When I was going on like IG, I, I was able to see what was going on at the Capitol from so many different people's perspective, right? The perspective of the people that were actually going in the building, the people that were there just curious to like, they were really looking like, is this really going on? Like, all these different perspectives all at once right and once you once you have the thought process of multiple mm -hmm. uh perceptions of what's going on because you know they felt that they were empowering each other from exactly what i saw you know what i'm exactly. saying like go back take <laughs> take back our capital and we're gonna we're gonna make a statement right Man. so their eyes they're doing something positive for their community, right? Exactly. They felt like they were they were standing their ground. They were doing what they needed to do as a community to be heard, right? And I, you know, I can respect that for what that was, right? But in yeah. in the in the sense of the grand scheme of things of equality, right? I can't imagine any other race mm -hmm. that was Caucasian. <laughs> Yeah. together whether you're asian latin black whatever the case may be mm -hmm. those numbers running into that building the exact same way and that's what throws me off yes you know? if any yeah. of us could if we could all run into the capitol and act a fool like that and yeah. the same it would play out the exact same way and it would just make the group of people look however they wanted to look okay mm -hmm. but when i know that any other race does that exact same thing and it's going to be multiple fatalities mm -hmm. multiple fatalities happening 
right? Just because the only difference is not not the difference of what you wanted to represent and go in there and speak your mind and, you know, whatever the case may be. But the only difference is the shade of my skin, not my intention, but the shade of my skin. Yeah. Hard pill to swallow, you know? And it, I mean, it, it gets deep, right? When we reflect back and I mean, what you said, that's, that's an amazing point, right? And we reflect back on, you know, slavery. And I, mm-hmm. I'm one of those people, I'm not ashamed to talk about slavery because in a lot of ways, I don't feel like it ever really ended. It just shifted gears and expanded, yeah. right? Because when you look at our prison population, right, who are the most of people in prison? And when you look at the amendment that legally freed people from slavery of African descent, with the exception of being a criminal, right, in a justice system that's blatantly racist. <laughs> And not ashamed at all of it. So, but that being said, right, when we go back to what we identify as slavery and we look at master, right, and master creates a child with one of his enslaved mistresses. And by nature of that child, forget the fact that he shares half of master's blood, which is so royal, right, and so regal and so pure. But that boy, depending on if he's dark or light, is not only a slave, but in the house or in the field. Right. So it, for me, that's deeper than skin color. Right. When you have a country that is built upon this one drop rule. Right. If you're 99 percent white, but you got one percent of black in you, you are black. <laughs> <laughs> you're black, buddy. I, <laughs> Who made these rules? <laughs> like, this, this is incredible. Imagine like that, that's besides the point, but it's. It's, it's amazing, right? What is happening in this country and the fact that we just don't want to talk about it. And it's like kids have to die <laughs> and we have to have run a whole media campaign just to get more people to want to talk about something that's so obvious and so blatantly impacting millions of American lives. And if you're just tuning in, I said earlier, that it's not just the slave who is burdened by the condition of slavery. It's also the master. And I love the book that um, there's a gentleman named, I'm not gonna butcher his name, but Ta-Nehisi Coates, am I saying that right? Ta-Nehisi Coates, he wrote um, Between the World and Me. Powerful, powerful author, right? And very relevant to the millennial experience. But he wrote this book called The Water Dancer, which I just finished reading a couple of weeks ago. And in the book, he just beautifully highlights what I just spoke on, the burden of being a master of a system that you may or may not believe in, but you were born into. Mm-hmm. And the impact that that has on the master, because there's been so much focus on, man, look at these slaves. They're not fighting back. They're so miserable. They're so weak. They don't know their names. But at the same time, when you switch the camera and you look at this other side of America, that's living a way that they know is wrong mm-hmm. and sacrificing their souls in order to do it. Is that really a better position to be in? Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Well, you got to think about it from this point too, even though, even though some people might not call themselves racist or whatever the case may be, right? You still fall into the category of white privilege. 
You're, you're born into white privilege. You know, you don't have to, when a, when a police car gets behind you, you don't feel the same way as a, a black man or a black woman does when a police car gets behind you. You know what I'm saying? It, it, that, that experience doesn't ever go through your head thinking that my life may end within a couple minutes. This can go totally south, depending on what cop pulls me over. Mm-hmm. Right. And the only way I, me personally seeing that, it has to be changed within that white privilege. Right. White privilege, it can only change white privilege. Yeah. It's no way that we can change white privilege. You know, we didn't create white privilege. Right. <laughs> Just right. like you said, it's the, it's the slave master falling victim to his own system. Right. right. And the only right. person that can, make a change within that system, if they choose to continue to have a system like that, are the ones that fall into it, you know? Mm. Um, it has to be taken down from the inside out, just like Absolutely. anything else, right? Absolutely. But that also allows us to look like, do we have to continue with that system? Do we have to participate with the system that wasn't created for us as Black men? Yeah. Or forward do we find a system that works for us yeah that has our best interests yeah and i mean in order to do that we and i'm speaking to myself as well we got to know who we are Mm. and when i say that i don't mean like go back to our african roots like yeah that's part of it but i've been to africa i lived there for a year and one thing i can tell you i might be african in heritage but that's about it <laughs> right like with to be black in america for me is such a beautiful experience because we literally i mean you let american history books tell it we just popped up on a plantation ready to work right like yeah. that's how american history books tell the story of slavery but we know it's so much more than that it's okay. so like there's this quote by malcolm x he says that a wise man can play a clown but a clown can't play a wise man And you're looking at like, when you look at somebody who's quote unquote black, you're looking at the originators of the human species. Mm. Anything that has ever been created physically in this plane of existence originated from us, everything. Let's see, we got got some more comments coming up. Oh yes, talk to me. Talk to me, people, come on, let's get the chat going. Let's get the chat going. Oh yes, amen. Let you hit these. Oh, I got you. I got you. So we got Sukana back. Oh, man, Sukana, I hope you become a regular viewer. I am loving your comments. But I'm going to read this. Sukana, and I pray I'm saying that correctly. She said, see, the one drop rule is only detrimental to black people because we accept other races that are mixed with black into the community. Damn. Okay, mm. I need to read that one more time. <laughs> like that, that's a really, really good point. I'm gonna get to the second half of her message. But see, the one drop rule is only detrimental to black people because we accept other races that are mixed with black into the community, but other races will not accept mixes into their community. Okay, hold on. Let's see. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, second part, we need to start it. Oh, wow. Ooh, and even. That conversation is so interesting. Like, Sukana, damn, thank you. Keep posting in the chat. We love your comments. 
we need to start allowing people to be mixed and not have to choose one race. And here's the thing, there's only the human race. That's the only race that exists. So this idea of being mixed, that's American propaganda. And you know what's even better? You know what's even better? I pray y'all are listening because me and Kat are dropping some freaking nuggets on you today. Get your doggone notebook out. <laughs> Going to school, See, huh? They're they in class right now. They don't even know. But here's the thing. Nothing we're saying is original. We didn't make up none of this stuff. I'm just a student of history. I'm a student of life, and so is Kat. And we're going to keep bringing it to you live every Tuesday at 5 o'clock, but that's specific standard time. But what you see with your physical eyes is a lie. The eyes lie because as Kat knows, as some of y'all might know, the eye just picks up these signals and then feeds it to our brain. The eyes don't have a brain. The eyes are a tool. And it feeds it to our brain. And our brain uses its God-given abilities to try and interpret what the eyes are seeing. Come on. Me, Kat, I hope I'm not, people probably logging out right now. <laughs> oh no, oh no. Black man is supposed to be stupid. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> but let, let me just, let, let me wrap this point up, okay? On a serious note. Our bodies are made of the earth, right? Shout out to the plant power brothers. Our bodies are made of the earth. But our souls are made of God. Mm. Our bodies are made of the earth. That's why we can survive so well on this planet. But our souls are inside of our body. This is just a human casing. This is just your earth suit. Come on. When we talk about this idea, and it's like, that is the ultimate definition of propaganda. That is the ultimate definition of an agenda to put people in a society where we are fixated on the physical, yeah. which is the least important aspect of our being. Not saying you shouldn't take care of it, but we but are so think about When you divide, what? you conquer, right? Divide the soul and your body. When you, when you have so many people fixated on color and race and this and that, then it's like, oh, well, we can never come together as one. Mm-hmm. And we can never come together as one. Those that created this false reality for everybody to play into can create whatever agendas that they choose to create, right? Mm-hmm. Because we still, as a people, can't have a, a civil conversation because we feel like we're different because of our color. And like you said, it's only one race, the human race. Yeah, man. <laughs> Nothing's new under the sun. No races. You know what I'm saying? We all come from maybe different continents. Right. I mean, different we migrated to different continents. Right. <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, why can't we look at the, the, the bigger picture, right? Whatever is in my best interest as a human being is obviously in your best interest as a human being. It should be. You know? It should be. We all want shelter. We all want food. We all want peace of mind. Good sex. Uh-huh. Good air to breathe. And yeah. it's oh, got another comment. What's up? Let's What's see. Up? Brother Barry. Hey, talking about. Let's see what he Brother Barry bringing to the table tonight. Let me see. Let me see. We have to allow people to be mixed and not have to choose one race. If you are mixed with us, all people are going to see is us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, 
and I'm speaking also as somebody who's not mixed, right? So I'm speaking from my experience as a quote unquote black man in America who traces my roots back to some plantation in the South, right? Like that's as much as I know about myself. So for me being mixed, I'm pretty sure I got Irish in me, right? I got some German in me, got yeah. some English in me, got some French in me, right? But when people see me, and this is, I believe this is what Barry Randall is pointing to, when people see me, they see slave, essentially. They see African who doesn't know anything about Africa or yeah. black. But what's up, Kat? But you know what was super funny? So growing up, my dad was like, you're Heinz 57, right? And that, I'm a little kid, right? Heinz 57. When anybody asks you what you are, you're Heinz 57, right? <laughs> and it's just like a mixture of everything. Right. Well, my dad, he's, you know, he would be considered a black man in America. Right. Um, my grandparents on that side, all from the South, Texas, Louisiana, but my mother from South America. Right. And me not being able to speak Spanish or anything like that, I was never connected to that side, you know, um, growing up in America, like you said, anybody look at me and be like, oh, it's a light-skinned black dude, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> it was a light-skinned brother, right? So it wasn't more so about choosing. It was just, it was, it is what it is at the end of the day, you know? And then growing up, you know, being a kid, kids don't really, oh, he's a mixed kid. He's a black kid. He's a white kid. We're all kids. We're here to have <laughs> Dirty. Well, right? <laughs> I give two shits about what color you are. As long yeah. as you're, you want to play tag with me, you're it. Okay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But as we get older and the American experience starts to happen, you know, the first the first sign of racism that I ever experienced as a kid, I was in the fifth grade. Right. And this was right after the movie Higher Learning came out. Mm -hmm. Classic. But Higher Learning talks about, you know, um, exactly. It's so funny because it talks about exactly what's going on right now. Right now. You know, yeah. in the so, great movie to watch if you haven't seen it. But um, it shows the tension, the tension within this college campus. Yeah. Black people and the white people and the people yeah. that Same. aren't classified as either or, but kind of fall mm -hmm. into their little groups, right? And after seeing that movie, I experienced the first time ever being called a nigger by a white person. Mm -hmm. Oh, in real life, with, right? Mm -hmm. Like what? And before that, not saying that I didn't know what the word meant, yeah. but I probably wouldn't have took it as harsh as I did because I knew from that movie what he truly meant when he said that. It wasn't trying to say it in a in a, in a term of endearment, like, oh, that's my nigga, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? It was like, no, you dumb niggers don't know anything. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And that made me think, it's like, you're one of those kind of guys. You want to mm -hmm. do harm to me and anybody that looks like me. And mind you, yeah. I'm in the fifth grade, but I understood after seeing that, the intent yeah. behind the word that came out of his mouth and what <laughs> what exactly it was. And then from there, not only experiencing that with another peer, but 
the police, right? Being pulled over by the, not pulled over, but being harassed by cops, being a teenager for doing absolutely nothing. You know what I'm saying? Just walking down the street, just being a kid, playing basketball, just doing normal kid things and having to answer to somebody because they think we're up to something because we fit a profile, whatever that means, right? Yeah. I said that you were trying to break into a building. Break into the, with the basketball that I'm playing with right now as a kid? <laughs> I just came from the basketball court. Why? Why would you think I'm breaking into something, right? Yeah. Little things like that, experiences. We got some more comments coming in real quick. We do. We know we got about four minutes left, but let's uh let's check this one out from Heidi. Ooh, another firebomb. So anytime black communities create systems of their own, they're destroyed. But I, I like her use of there, by the way. You can tell Heidi's a reader. Uh, but black Wall Street, Black Panthers, even gangs that were created to protect their communities were turned into something negative and turned against each other. Wow. Wow, man, we got some, <laughs> we got some scholars in this doggone chat. So large influential figures assassinated MLK, Malcolm X. Curious about your take on this and how to create successful systems given the violent history. Oh, they don't want that. They don't, they're going to send Questy on a doggone renegade 30 minute speech. <laughs> they don't want that. Okay. Yeah, we got Heidi's. I want to be able to address that one. And then we got also Brother Barry chiming back in. Uh, yes. Yes. So Brother Barry said, my mother is from Panama. I speak Spanish. Yeah, he does. Fluent Spanish speaker, too. They yeah. call my mom Afro-Latino. How about an African that speaks Spanish? Man, perspective shift. Yeah. Perspective shift. Right. And that that reminds me of the first time that I heard the term, I mean, everybody here has heard African-American, right? Which is like to call a person who's never even been to Africa, let alone can point it out on a map, right? If it wasn't the biggest continent on the map, right? And to call them African-American, that's just, that's so American, right? That's so offensive, right? To me personally, but when I heard the term for the first time, African in America, instead of African-American, African in America, it just shifted my perspective. And I was like, wow, that's actually a really, really interesting concept. So I want to touch on uh, what Heidi said first. Can, can you pull up Heidi's quote yeah. real quick? This is a deep one. I know we only got a few minutes left. We're going to keep bringing it to you live every Tuesday, 5 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Please continue to tune in. This is a live stream. And you can tell we don't have no outtakes. We don't have no cuts. <laughs> we stay ready. But every straight Tuesday, five o'clock, straight live, right? So anytime Black communities create systems of their own, can they see this on the screen, the viewers? Yeah. Okay, wonderful. So that being said, what Heidi is asking is for our take on how to create successful systems, even though they might get burnt down, right? Would you like me to take on that first, Brother Cat? You okay? So I, I'll be brief, right? Because we can make this a topic in future conversations, which we will. In my opinion, we all have a calling, right? Moses had a calling, and he was talking to a burning bush. <laughs> I mean, when you know, you know, right? And once. 
God taps you on the shoulder and says, you know, I gave you all these things and now it's time for you to give it all back to the world. Who are we to say no? You know, so to answer your question, Heidi, it's, I believe everything happens with intention. Everything, everything, even painful, especially the painful things. Because I look back on my human experience being a male going through puberty, voice cracking, hair growing out of my extremities, all of a sudden feeling awkward around women when before they were just my friends, right? Like that, that was extremely awkward and oftentimes painful. But if I hadn't have gone through puberty, would I be here? And so all these things like, yes, people have died. Yes, things have been taken. But I believe in the powers of the universe. And when I talk about the universe, the universe and God are, are separate entities, separate beings. I believe God created the universe. But I believe the universe works for us in our favor as God intended it to. And I truly believe that whatever you put out into the world, you're going to get back. And when we look at what happened at Capitol Hill, that's a direct reflection of what certain communities in America and in the world have put into the world that they're now getting back. And they don't know how to deal with it. And I'm just sitting back like, let's see what this do. <laughs> I'm going to keep building. Right. So that's what I was about to say. That's why I was going to add on to it. It's like, I think relying on one system, one take to say it's going to fix, like one person can fix all the yeah. things that are on with the the black experience or or whatever the case may be, um, is a is a hefty task on anybody, right? Now, what can we do as individuals, right? What power do we have within ourselves to just impact those around us? You know, cr creating financial freedom for, for each other around us, creating that that healthy lifestyle around us, that spiritual lifestyle around us that just uplifts each other, the ones that we're supposed to impact, right? Instead of thinking thinking on it a grand scale, let's see yeah. who could, just being our best self, just me going out every day, wanting to be my best self, right? Whatever that may look like, putting the the most amount of love and energy out into the world and doing that on a daily basis and how that affects those that I come across on a daily basis and, and allowing that to spread organically yeah. throughout the community. Because if I can, if I can be my best self and impact one person and make a change in their life and they do that for another person and another person and so, so on and so on, I think mm -hmm. organic, We'll get to a place where everything is that heaven on earth that we speak of, right? Yeah. It takes yeah. everybody loving themselves first, wanting something better, the what the best that they can do for themselves, mm -hmm. and allowing that just to be sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To say, like, oh, I have to create this system, this other system. Well, yeah. then we'll be the slaves to that system that we created for ourselves. Right. You know, right. we, we already see what systems do. Yeah. And not and it, that our system is going to be any better than anybody else's system. Yeah. 
but the overcomer of all systems, I believe, is love, right? Yeah. And, and I, man, that reminds me so much of, uh, and I, I know we're wrapping up. We're a little over time. Thank you all for, for sticking with this. But I remember this song, uh, J. Cole. You listen to J. Cole? Big Sean, J. Cole, Kendrick Hall. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know it. He, he dropped this song, I think in 2015, it's called High for Hours. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm sure you heard it, right? It's a really, really good song. And in the last verse, he talks about exactly what you just touched on, right? Because we complain so much about the system, right? Mm -hmm. When in reality, what good is taking over when we know what you're gonna do, the only real revolution happens right inside of you, right? Mm -hmm. And he repeats that, I think three or four times at the end of the song. What good is taking over when we know what you're going to do? The only real revolution happens right inside of you. And what you were just saying is exactly how I'd answer that question, Heidi. What is our take on this? Become the best version of yourself. What does that mean? Get in the gym, get you some life insurance. <laughs> and, and do your best to start your own business. Become self-sufficient. If you can, grow your own food, right? Like become as independent of a being as possible. Well, understanding humans by nature are dependent, right? Because to put somebody in confinement to isolate them from other human beings is a form of torture, right? Solitary confinement. So it's, it's important to realize like we have the power to determine our own circumstances, but it doesn't start out here. It starts in here. Come on. And so when people see in here is automatically going to change. That's it. That's and I, I think that's a good note to end on. <laughs> let's let's see what. Oh Barry yes, real quick. Oh yes, yes, another bomb from Barry. So Heidi, growing up, we were not taught that version of history. Those events today would be live streamed and would force white America to see their reflection in the mirror. This is this is so good. I would damn it. <laughs> so one thing. Oh, man. And I want to get your take on this too, Kat. But one thing that Martin Luther King was a genius at that I don't feel he gets enough credit for in the mainstream is using media to our advantage. Yeah. When for years, because this is in the 60s, by the way, which isn't that long ago. There are people from the 60s who are like retiring now. My, right? My like, like they're, he okay. Just turned okay. Like my father tells me he was born in 60. 1965, he tells me stories about hearing his parents crying when Martin Luther King was assassinated. Right, He, he was a kid at that time, but that's how like profound that okay. moment was for him. And there's like living through Vietnam, seeing Rodney King and like LA burned down. We read about that, but that is like a stone's throw away in history. And what is time? Right. So this is important because it reminds me of Bloody Sunday. If you don't know what that is, that's some homework. Between now and our next session, Tuesday at 5 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, look up Bloody Sunday or just watch Selma, right? And one thing to touch on Barry's point, this ain't new. Like, white, white people know. I don't even know if I'm supposed to be saying this on Facebook and YouTube. <laughs> like, what, they know the uncle at Thanksgiving that's saying like some really weird stuff that he shouldn't be saying. <laughs> like, like they, they know that that uncle got swastikas in his garage. Like, mm -hmm. like they, they know. They know he, he out there hunting deer, but we really know what he wants to be hunting. 
right? Yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't, would force white America to see their reflection in a mirror. And then what, right? Like they see their reflection and then they're like, okay, I could choose this reflection or I could choose to be black. I remember, I think it was a, an episode of Oprah when she asked the crowd of white people, like Stand who in here would- Black experience. You remember that? The one you're talking She's like, who, like, which of you white people would stand up and experience the black experience? Stand up and everybody. They got comfortable. They said, this white privilege is so warm. Really? <laughs> and it's like, they, they see their reflection and then what? That's a chosen reflection. Mm -hmm. And not to speak on all white people, it's not about all versus all, but there are enough. Muhammad Ali has a great quote about, well, if there are snakes, am I just expecting the good snakes to protect me from the bad snakes? I just open my door to all the snakes and just hope the good snakes form a wall to protect me from the bad snakes. Like that's ludicrous. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, man. Okay. Because <laughs> we'll be on here all yeah, I, I love it though. I love it. next Tuesday, five o'clock Pacific Standard Time. We know where yeah. they're gonna be. So let everybody know where they can find you, all your social media platforms. Right. I know last episode you were telling us a little bit about a book you had out. I don't know if it's still copied up there. We can get on Amazon or anything like that. But and I love that brother cat always looking out. So I came ready today. Pieces of my soul, volume one. You can actually get this on Amazon. This is a book that I wrote, a book of poetry. So I believe there are 20 different pieces in there, pieces that are truly, truly from the soul. I work in finances. I didn't talk too much about that today, but I will in future episodes. I'm a human being first. I'm not a financial professional first. I'm not a husband first. I'm not a poet first. I'm a human being first. And I'm culminated by these experiences, by these definitions and titles, and one of them is a poet. So if you would like to hear more words, if you would like to get more feedback on some of my life experiences, what has made me who I am, look up Pieces of My Soul Volume 1 on Amazon. And you can find me on Instagram, Kwesi, that's K-W-E-S-I, Kwesi.dreams. You can find me on Facebook, Kwesi D. As a matter of fact, just go to the Hill the Hood page, which Brother Cat going to touch on right now. Talk yeah. to me, brother. Make sure you follow us on IG at Heal the Hood Podcast. Um, y'all, if y'all haven't been following Heal the Hood, it's a project that we just started this past 2020 going into our inner city communities that are educating, motivating, and inspire those to just better your health, better your health, you know, from the inside out, whether it's mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, whatever the case may be, right? And that's the whole movement on Heal the Hood for us to go back into our communities and have these conversations, right? And seeing where these conversations take us at the end of the day. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook. We're at Heal the Hood 2020 on Facebook. Uh, this broadcast is going to um, air on Spotify. So you can mm. follow us on Spotify and Apple um, Podcasts. So wow. make sure you tune in there if you want to re listen to this. But if you want to follow your man, Cat, you can find me on IG at Cat Fitness 3, Facebook, mm. Cat Fitness, YouTube. Cat Fitness, <laughs> everywhere. And if you want to also support our Heal the Hood movement, we also uh, raising money through our apparel. 
check it out. We got the hoodies, the t-shirts, the whole nine, which help us raise money to go into our inner city communities and provide the resources of food, uh, groceries, all different kinds of things. You can see different videos where we've gone into San Francisco, Oakland, Richmond, uh, just to name a couple we did this year. We also uh, partnered with Aspire charter school and did a movement with them as well. So go ahead. You can find those videos on my, my YouTube page at Cat Fitness or on my IG page or Heal the Hood page. Make sure you continue to support these movements. Make sure that you hit the share, like, comment. We want to get this, this message out to as many people as possible, but we can only do it with you. Right. So if you like the information, the content that we're putting on out there into the universe, y'all, make sure before you, you log off, you hit that share, that like, and uh, feel free to comment. And we'll comment back as well. Is there anything else you got today, Quezzy? Oh, last thing, call to action. Call to action. If y'all enjoyed this conversation, I can tell you, and not just because I'm part of it. I don't see conversation like this, especially between two men of color that are happening on a large enough stage. And we plan to touch many, many people's lives. We need your help. He said, like, comment, and share. Yeah, you can do that. Also, pick up the phone. Call somebody. Tell them what you just heard. Talk to your team. Talk to your family. Talk to your siblings. Get them here. Because we don't want to just talk at people. We want to hear from you. We want to learn from you. So that's my call to action. One, look up Bloody Sunday or watch Selma. Right, See how media has been used in the very recent past in order to spread this message and also bring a guest, bring a friend, bring a family member and tune in next Sun, next Tuesday, my apologies, next Tuesday, five o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Don't forget our, our, our uh, raffle, our free raffle for the month of uh, January going on right now, where if you share, you comment and you tag a friend, you'll be entered into a free raffle for online training with your with your man Cat Fitness worth up to three ninety nine. So that's we're giving away four hundred dollars worth of value for just sharing, commenting, and tagging a friend. That'll put you into the raffle, and then at the end of the month, man, we'll we'll complete that full transformation for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So thank you for tuning in once again. We'll see you next week, Tuesday at five p.m. Pacific time, y'all. We'll catch you later. Peace.